Let's hit it. Give me a vacation. Vacation. Give me a wave. Surfing. Give me a city tour. The trolley. Give me animals. The zoo. Give me some sea life. <laughs> Give me museums. Park. Give me a woo. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your family vacation at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow The Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. I'm forever grateful that no matter how stressful it was that I hung in and we managed to, to, to get out the other end. It's not, sometimes it's bloody <laughs> and sometimes it's not so pretty. There was blood. There was blood. <laughs> My name is Jeffrey Zakarian and you're listening to Four Courses with Jeffrey Zakarian from iHeartRadio. In Four Courses, I'll be taking you along for the ride while I talk with the top talent of our time. In each conversation, I focus on four different areas from my guest's life and career. And during those four courses, I'm going to dig deep and uncover new insights and inspirations that we can all use to fuel ourselves to push forward. My guest on this episode hung out with Jimi Hendrix and Led Zeppelin in the 60s. She's remained culturally innovative and relevant for more than 50 years. And she even designed a bathing suit so famous that it sits in the Smithsonian National Museum of American History. Please enjoy my delightful conversation with my dear friend, fashion designer, Norma Kamali. We shared a wall for a long, uh, <laughs> 10 years. Yes. I opened a restaurant called Town, and it was right next to your store. I know you weren't so happy with that construction. I was so crazy with the construction. Yeah. I came after you, and then we became really good friends. Yes, you came after me. <laughs> I was like... <laughs> For my first course, I had to talk with Norma about the ebb and flow of culture and how it has inspired her most iconic creations. Today, in 2020, Norma is selling highly stylish and relevant designs to women several decades her junior. But what most of those women don't know is that the clothes they're wearing are designed by someone who participated in the cultural revolution of the 60s. Basically, you grew up in Upper East Side in a very small apartment eating the best food, juicing, 
going, just doing what you wanted to do and being extremely fashionable. And then you landed in the 60s in London. Can you give me just a little background about why you went to London? I went on a job interview after FIT with my portfolio. And this guy who was interviewing me for the job was eating a tuna sandwich with his feet up on his desk. And he said, young lady, put your portfolio down. Come here and turn around for me. And all I can think of is my mother wants me to get a job. I better turn around. He's the power in the room. I did. I was so humiliated that I did. I ran out with my portfolio. I got home and I said, Mom, I didn't get the job. At the time, if you looked in the New York Times, you could find a job. So there was a job at Northwest Orient Airlines in reservation. So at one Penn Plaza, I sat at a Univac computer. I didn't know how to type. I still don't. And every Thursday after work, I would get on a flight and come back Monday morning for four years to London, round trip, $29 a trip. Every, I, every week. Every week. We're talking 1964, 65, 66, 67. So my wow. first, so, so listen to this. I meet a friend of mine from FIT. I meet her in Paris, and then we were going to go to London. So I'm waiting for her in the lobby of a hotel. I was sitting there, and there were these British guys, obviously of some rock group, and they thought I was French and they were talking about me and I was trying (laughs) not to show any expression. My friend Betsy comes in and we start screaming and yeah, yeah, yeah. And they said, oh, you're Americans. And so the name of the band was the Spencer Davis Group. I don't know if you know who they are, but you know the song, I'm a man, yes, I am. Yes, that's that's them. That's a group. And so we went all around Paris that night. They were doing airplane hangar concerts. And they said, when you go to London, meet us at this club. We'll get you into this club called the Speakeasy on Margaret Street. Well, the Speakeasy on Margaret Street, all musicians all musicians. And I was there every weekend. I met Jimi Hendrix. I met everybody. I met everybody. And my friend's husband was working for the manager of Led Zeppelin. Jeff Beck was a really good friend. So I was, I was in this place and I would come back to New York and, and then buying these mini skirts and everybody's Knees in New York were covered. Nobody, if you wore a skirt above your knees, you were a prostitute. I came back from London. My skirt was like halfway up my thigh and cars were stopping. People were just saying horrific things to me, but I didn't care because I knew. (laughs) And so I really got inspired to be in fashion from London, not from learning about fashion. And so those four years were so special. It was a real revolution. Everything was new and London was spectacular. And that memory of thinking that you can do things that you never saw before because that's how great it is, that memory is so alive in my head. And I'm so happy that I had that experience to be there at that time. 
When did you stop going to London every weekend? Well, I stopped because my business grew so much that I couldn't go anymore. I mean, I had a real business. At that point, I was designing the clothes. Where, where were you making them, Norma? I had my own factory. I, I started with a sample room, and then I opened a bigger space, and I hired all the sewers and cutters. And in fact, a woman that works for me now worked for me then. She's still with me, yeah. I mean, it's crazy. We have seen so much together. You know, you used to sew a lot, right? You, you're a sewer, which is a lot of designers. Well, I say some are, but there are people that aren't sewers. They have others sew, but you sew. My forte is pattern making, and I. What is that? Tell us what that is. It sounds like obvious, but so I, I opened this business, and you were right. I wanted to be a painter, but there, I. Like my mother said, you know, you got to pay the rent because I'm going to throw you out. So I ended up getting a scholarship to FIT. And when I graduated, I said, I really hate this fashion stuff. And I got a job at an airline in the office, brought back clothes, opened up a little shop and sold them. And then I decided I had some ideas of my own and I started to make them myself. And then I hired a pattern maker, and the pattern maker makes the pattern for what the garment is going to look like and when it gets sewn together. And the pattern maker kept telling me, what you want is impossible. And I was like, no, mm. it's possible. I know it has to be possible. So I learned how to make patterns on my own, literally. And I actually am quite good at it. And I love it. And if I were in a competition for best swimwear pattern maker in the world, I would feel very good about being in that competition. The thing is, it, it becomes your power when, when you can do anything you want to do. I can make a pattern of anything in the world my mind can think of. And, that and then what happens to that pattern? So you make the pattern and then you give it to a person to... Cut. Cut it. Uh-huh. It gets cut into fabric, specific fabric, and then it gets sewn. And then we have a fitting. And there may be things I want to make smaller, bigger, longer, shorter. We do a little tweaking on it. I must say I'm very proud of the patterns that don't need any of that. <laughs> and then we approve it, and then it goes into production, and we sell them to different accounts like Net-A-Porter and Revolve. And then I see it on people, and that's, that's so the best. I mean, one of my favorite, favorite all-time sightings was the very first skirt I ever made was leather, and it was all whip-stitched, you know, when you take the leather and circle the seams with the leather mm -hmm. strips. That was the first skirt I ever made, and I sold it, and I never expected to see it again. So 15 years ago, I am walking down the street. It's a summery morning. The sun is shining. And I see this girl who's maybe 18. She's wearing this amazing skirt. And it's moving so nicely. And I thought, oh, my God, that skirt is really beautiful. And as she's walking by me, my heart was like, oh, my God. 
God, that's my skirt. I know that's my skirt. I was like, there was no Did question. Did you run after her? No, I didn't. I didn't, oh. I didn't say anything. I was so uh, overwhelmed by it. And what I loved was that I knew because it's, it wasn't that long ago, I knew that that skirt was handed down by her grandmother or mother, or she bought it in a, a vintage store, and it might have had another life with somebody else, which is even better. So the joy of knowing that, you know, this thing lives on. You have always seen something that is different in fashion for yourself. I remember the gowns that you did for the girls at our restaurant town. We dressed every girl in the exact same gown, but it had like five different looks. And the girls loved it. And they loved it because you gave them options, which I find really important. So where did that come from? Why did you decide to sort of like think about things differently? That particular dress is called the all-in-one dress. And in 1973, I was wearing tons of vintage clothing, including my clothes. And I sold vintage too. And I thought, I want to design vintage of the future. And so I got this jersey knit fabric, which was really very ahead of its time. It just wasn't as developed, those fabrications. And I made uh, probably 12 dresses. Out of those 12 dresses, seven are still on my collection. It's amazing. And that one is one of those seven and was one of the 12-piece collection. The girls I wore that would tell me, I just love wearing this. I thank you so much. No one's ever let us wear clothes, so make me feel sexy. And I was like, you're, you're welcome. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> and, it, and it was washable. I remember they were saying, oh, thank well, exactly. God. Exactly, it was washable. Because we don't have to dry clean it and we can just wash it and it's so easy. And that's really, I mean, for me, I don't do clothes that you dry clean anymore because especially if you're on a budget, I come home and I just put my clothes in the washing machine. There's something about the sound of the washing machine that calms me at night. As I'm walking through the house, I'm taking my clothes off in the washer, and then I hear, and I feel so good. One of the things that I noticed was you came up with a sleeping bag coat. And I love your names of stuff. It's like so like no bullshit. It's like, it's, we call it the sleeping bag coat. <laughs> we call it the parachute coat. We call it the all-in-one dress. So how did they come about? And, and like, I still see them on the streets today. Yeah. Like, so, and they're so practical for New York. That period, it was really, really innovative and creative. And I think that time and the influence of that time still exists today. The creative concept of it, that you can think out of the box, you can do things in a different way, and you can still be classic at the same time so that that style can have a long life. And like the sleeping bag coat, if you have a style that serves a function, I never thought of the sleeping bag coat as fashion. It was my sleeping bag I was camping, I had to go to the bathroom, I took my sleeping bag <laughs> over me, and I walked into the woods, and I, Fantastic. as I was walking with my coat of my sleeping bag around me, I thought, when I go home, I have to make a coat out of this. And I did. I took my sleeping bag, and I cut it into a coat, 
and I sewed it up, and that pattern is the very same pattern I still use today. And I don't, I didn't waste one piece of the sleeping bag, which makes it sustainable. It is based on the NASA theory for warmth, where you have two coats with a pocket in between and the heat from your body exchanges with the cold from outside. And that's how you stay warm. And that coat just keeps living on. I've never stopped making the sleeping bag coat. Commerce now and commerce then, commerce now is is in the fashion is so copied and such there's so many people that rip you off so quickly. Do you have to copyright these patterns? And how do you get paid if someone's ripping you off? Well, you, you can't copyright a pattern. Somebody can copy and just change a little thing. I mean, I've gotten copied my entire career. And you know what? I know I have another idea. So I don't feel like, oh my God, that's the end of my life. That person (laughs) copied my sleeping bag coat. I mean, there are so many iterations of the sleeping bag coat. And you know what? It just makes me look good because it means it's a good idea that just will not go away. And I just keep selling more of them as a result. So I think that that part of it I reconciled. And then there's this new designer who started in 2016. And somebody brought to my attention, she has a website and she has one dress as her total business. And it's my all-in-one dress. She does the same video of how to use it. And she says she's the designer and the creator of it. And I think to myself, what is she thinking to like not want to be creative? And why doesn't she want to express herself? But you think more about the reasoning of why, you know, why, why would you do that? Why why not have the joy of your own discovery? So I, I think there are people who create and there are people who copy and that's the world. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. 
Join now and save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash iHeart. That's lifelock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Picasso knows your vacation home is your best home. It's the place that brings family and friends together. It's where you're the best version of yourself. Picasso makes it easy to co-own a luxury vacation home in amazing locations. Listings start at 200K for one-eighth ownership. Picasso does the hard parts for you. Luxury furnishings, maintenance, billings, scheduling, and more with a home management team that provides support before, during, and after your stay so you can focus on the relaxing, hosting, and making memories with family and friends. And you can resell on Picasso's Marketplace anytime, historically for a 10% gain. With Picasso, you can stop saying someday and start building family traditions today in a vacation home you own and revisit time after time. Visit Picasso.com today to see thousands of luxury vacation home listings. That's P-A-C-A-S-O dot This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. For the second course, I had to ask Norma more about how she remains relevant and authentic. How does she stay aware of modern trends while creating classic work over and over again? I know what you do is about staying relevant, and you've stayed relevant for, my God, since I... 53 you know, years. You, it's incredible. Ah, I mean... I know. But I think a lot of it has to do with authenticity, mm-hmm. and your eyes are wide open. You definitely acted as if... You wanted to break rules right away and do it your way, but remain authentic. And I think that that's something that people pick up on. I mean, really staying relevant. You stayed relevant by like not listening to anyone, basically. Yeah, that's the. I, I think that's the key, especially with fashion, because there's the flavor of the month and there's the trend that everybody thinks is the, the hottest thing. But what ends up happening is everybody jumps on the same bandwagon and everything looks mm-hmm. the same. But if you, uh, for me, I was always determined to live a creative life. And in order to do that, you have to try to be independent as much as you can and be the final word on on how you make decisions and what you do. And that probably was the most challenging for me. But without it, I, I definitely would not have enjoyed 
what doing what I do, which I still love. And you do that too. We are doing what we want to do. It doesn't mean it's a stress-free life and everything is wonderful every Hardly. day. Yeah. But, but you put up with the stress because you know it's your thing. It's your... It's how you express yourself. It's your creative life. And we're so fortunate to have that. I mean, think about it. But this is a blessing to be able to do what you love. So I'm forever grateful that no matter how stressful it was that I hung in and we managed to, to, to get out the other end. It's not, sometimes it's <laughs> bloody and sometimes it's not so pretty. There was blood, there was blood. <laughs> You know I love fashion, right? I'm a fashion nut. Now, I'm not a fashionista. I just love clothes. I love style. But I think that I tell people that food, and I know this about style, every 20 years or so, you go back and you pick out one thing that the 20-year-olds haven't seen yet, and you bring it back, and you make it more alive. You tweak it just a bit, but it's still classical. That's what I do. There's nothing I do that's not 100% classical. But I look at it like that's why town was successful. I took classics and just like put my spin on it. But that's why I love fashion so much because it's very much mimics food for me. And you just got to pay attention and you'll stay relevant. Yeah. When you're in fashion or music, film, food, it so much reflects the time. And it's really very important to be aware of what's going on at the time. But it's also what happens as you become better at what you do, you create new classics because you know what can survive and what will be timeless. <laughs> what happens is when you're younger, the tendency is to be more trend-driven. And I think that's a way to start, but then you find that where you're learning about the classic and the classics really hold up. And classic, you know, a strapless gown is classic. It, a classic doesn't have to be a three-piece suit. It, a classic can be a number of things. My big joy is to see people who are in their 20s now. In fact, the, the biggest demographic I have is the 35 to 45 year old. And the second demographic is the 45 to 55, which ties with the 20, 20 to 20. Years. 20. So it's like yeah. they're all, and many of them, don't know anything about Norma Kamali and what I've done in the past. They have no reference, and why yeah. should they? So I think it's great that they see me and think of me in a completely different way, in a way that relates to today, which is great. And again, it, you have to be classic, but you have to really be aware of what's going on now. If you take COVID, for example, when COVID started, when we were in lockdown in March, our business was down 75%. There was absolutely mm -hmm. nothing going on. And luckily, 
a huge portion of my business is e-commerce. So what I learned was we're going to be indoors. We're going to be casual. We're not, I don't, I don't think I had shoes on for like six months. And (laughs) so if you're home, you want clothes that you could just throw in the washing machine that you feel super comfortable in. And so we just went crazy making a bunch of things that were really comfortable and very affordable because, you know, a lot of people weren't sure if they would have a job. And without paying attention to that, without being mostly on e-commerce, which means you have to be relevant to what's going on in the time. So 12 years ago, actually more than 12 years ago, I realized I have to get out of the department stores. I have to be on e-commerce. And I'm so glad I did that. So for you too, it's it's what people want to eat. I mean, what they're thinking about, how they want to live, how they're going to prepare food at home now. What are you telling people? How how do you support people who are all of a sudden cooking more at home than they ever did before? For our third course, Norma told me all about her history with wellness, which began as more of a family annoyance than a personal passion. Is your mother creative like yourself? My mother was incredibly creative. She could do anything. She mm-hmm. painted, she sewed, she cooked. If we went to a restaurant and she liked whatever it was that she had, she would figure out what the ingredients were to make it. She was very, very creative in every way. We lived in an apartment that was about nine by five. It was the smallest apartment in New York. (laughs) And my bedroom was this little room off the kitchen. And she had a juicer, you know, those big juicers that look like a car engine. She She had had that in the, on the counter right next to my bedroom. And she would start with those carrots at six o'clock in the morning. And it was like the whole apartment would shake. And so she was juicing really early. She was into herbs. She had a garden. You know, this is New York City. Whereabouts? Whereabouts in New York? A, a section of New York called Yorkville. And, oh, sure. And Upper East Side in the 80s. In the it's First a, Avenue. actually 77th Street between York and Cherokee yeah. Place where John J. Park is. I had a great... Yeah, a lot of beer, a lot of beer housing and, and, and all that schnitzel. Oh, yeah. I had a, yeah, it was an Irish neighborhood. And then on one end of it was German, on the other side, Hungarian and Czechoslovakian on the other end. So it was, you know, New York. It was great growing yeah. up in New York at the time. Where did you grow up, Jeffrey? I grew up in Worcester, Massachusetts. It was a mixed neighborhood. It was tons of Portuguese and Irish Catholic, and we were Armenians. I think we were the only Armenians in the middle of it. Right. Well, we were clearly. Nobody, clearly. People would say, what are you? And I, I'd say Lebanese, and they would say, oh, is that the same as Italian? I'd say, yeah, I know. it is. Well, is that the, the given name when, you came, when your parents came here? Kamali? No, Did this is my married name. Because a lot of my my whole family changed their names when they came here. They came with another name, and really, and they changed to Williams because it was very American. Yeah. So Kamali is my ex husband's name, which is mm-hmm. Iranian. My father was Basque, and his name was Mariategi, and my mother's name mm. was Dwahi. So not names that roll off the tip of your tongue. No. <laughs> right. 
And was your father Lebanese? No, Basque. Wow, Spanish Lebanese. That's just the basket of food. I'm I'm smelling that basket. Yeah. In that basket is the most fabulous vegetables and all the Lebanese staples and kusa and you know, I made kusa this summer probably more than I've ever made it and it was it's incredibly time consuming, but it gives you enough food for 4 days. Lebanese so, food is so oh. healthy and great. I mean, Lebanese food is beyond delicious, as you know. You've been growing. You went into wellness in the early 80s, but you've been you've been juicing. Your mom's been juicing with that Cadillac of juicers since you were a kid. But that was really, you were very much, grew up like sort of every Lebanese or Armenian person grew up. Food was the center of the world. And whatever else you did for a living, you did so you could afford the food to eat. So I got a great package today. And so a friend of mine has an olive orchard, as you know, my my olive orchard searches, Mm -hmm. has an olive orchard in the south of France. And she's doing her harvest now. And so she always picks the best kind of combination of olives for me. And so she usually sends me, just when they're doing the harvest, she sends me three big liters of olive oil. And she sent a whole bunch of smaller bottles so I can taste to pick the ones I like. Well, the package arrived today and all the small bottles were broken. Oh. (laughs) And there's olive oil everywhere. I mean, and all I wanted to do was get some bread and (laughs) clean it up. Oh my gosh. I know. I'm I'm devastated. that's so sad. That is so sad. But let me ask you, a day in the life of Norma now, because you get up, talked about your health and regimen, because looking at you through, you've always looked amazing. I can't believe you're 75. It's just kind of 75. unbelievable. You look great. You sound like you feel great. I do. I do. So what do you do to stay healthy? First of all, sleep is super important. I get eight hours sleep. Not everybody needs eight hours, but I do. So I go to bed early and I wake up early. I meditate in the morning. It's really helpful for me. I either work out in the morning or at 4.40 or 4.45 every day. My diet is very simple. I have vegetables and some fish and avocado smoothies, berries, real simple. I take supplements and I'm, I work very hard and I learn new things all the time. And I think learning something new all the time is critical for mental health and well-being. And I challenge myself a lot. I mean, it it makes life more fun. And sometimes, many times, you make mistakes and things, what you would like to happen doesn't. But the process is really important. And one thing that I learned from women much older than I am, I did a survey and I interviewed women in their 90s and 100 and over 100. And... The one thing they all had in common, the ones that were really living in good shape, is they all dance. They love to dance, Mm. and they continue to dance. And 
I am so happy because I love to dance and I just can dance all the time. If you dance, you can't hide how you feel, right? When people dance, they really expose who they are, all of it, and it's great. So I think dancing is a very important part of that whole prescription. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. Picasso knows your vacation home is your best home. It's the place that brings family and friends together. It's where you're the best version of yourself. Picasso makes it easy to co-own a luxury vacation home in amazing locations. Listings start at 200K for one-eighth ownership. Picasso does the hard parts for you. Luxury furnishings, maintenance, billing, scheduling, and more with a home management team that provides support before, during, and after your stay so you can focus on the relaxing, hosting, and making memories with family and friends. And you can resell on Picasso's Marketplace anytime, historically for a 10% gain. With Picasso, you can stop saying someday and start building family traditions today in a vacation home you own and revisit time after time. Visit Picasso.com today to see thousands of luxury vacation home listings. That's P-A-C-A-S-O dot This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of. A degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare.
For our fourth and final course, Norma generously shared some of her timeless wisdom for the next generation. You had a mentor, I'm sure, but you now have the ability with all these things out there to mentor other people. Give me your idea of mentorship because you're in such a fantastic world and now you have the ability to sort of sit back and and manage a a mentorship. Tell me about how you do that and what's important to you. So I just wrote a book that's going to be coming out in February and the book really is a handbook for women. Tips on Everything that I've learned from being an entrepreneur to what it's like to age with power through the decades, healthy lifestyle, beauty, tips on sleep, diet, exercise. And I put it together like a handbook so that if you're, I remember when I was 20, my mother said to me, Norma, it's all downhill from here on out. And I, I literally, I started crying. I, I really felt like, oh my God, I'm going to be old now. I'm 20. I'm not a teenager. This is terrible. And she was so cruel. And I thought, you know what? I know that I'm not the only 20-year-old who, feel, who felt like they were getting old. And so... The concept of aging with power really starts at 20 and how you decide to live your life and how you get from 20 to 30. And then 30 is another huge, big, big, big crisis point in a woman's life. And then 40 is another and 50 is another. And so each decade has so much information, so much happens, so many great learning experiences that help us evolve and become more powerful in ourselves. But it's always good to have tips and advice, whether it's about what kind of workout to do when you're in your 20s versus your 70s, what Mm -hmm. kind of food. I mean, even if it's making a salad, that you make it yourself, that you put the ingredients in, that you you do those kinds of things for yourself. Self-love tends to sort of subliminally spread out and you then attract people who will love you too. When you mm-hmm. don't love yourself, you attract the wrong kind of people. And, oh, true. and, and it's really important to, to take care of yourself and to think about that at 20 and every decade after that. And so I've mentored so many people, obviously so many people in fashion and people who want to have their own businesses. But I think I would have loved a handbook get, you know, going through my 20s, 30s, whatever. And the fact that I could put this together makes me feel so good because I do think when you read it when you're 20 and you read 30 again when you are 30, it will have so much more meaning. So it's the kind of book I hope gets all ripply. It's a soft cover book, so you can sort of use it a lot. And I think passing it on to like all your girls can read it at different (laughs) points. I'm so happy with it and I can't wait to share it with women. And I think there'll be something that everyone can find in there to use as a tip, a tool, a solution. So coming soon. I am invincible, right? That's the, uh, I am invincible. that's That's a great title, Norma. 
What a special title. Well, when women feel invincible, as you know, because you've been around a few invincible Lebanese women, they can get it done like nobody else can get it done. So if a woman feels good about herself, she truly is invincible. And the point is, we're not invincible every day, but we want to increase the amount of times we feel invincible. And so that's the hope of the book. That is such a great little phrase. And I loved what you said before about taking care of yourself and loving yourself. Loving yourself doesn't mean like, you know, do everything Not when you want to. No. no, it doesn't mean that all. It means imagine that you're responsible to take care of yourself and it's someone else and you, you're responsible for that person. Treat yourself like that. And it really puts it into perspective. My question to you is, who do you really, really fires you up now, who's doing things that you as a, as a successful entrepreneur really respect and really wish there were more people like that? When I hear somebody's story about what they do, and there are some great ones, I'm fascinated by ceramics now. And there are so many brilliant sculptors and designers for the table. And that is sort of where my interest is, of learning, well, why did she decide to do ceramics in that way? Then I feel connected when you know that there's a craft involved in how things are made and the story that goes behind it. You really are invested in in why that has to be a part of your life. So we're going to move out to the beach. And in putting things together for for the house, I'm a minimalist anyway, so all you need is a table, a bed, chairs. And a giant juicer. We have plenty of those. A I giant have juicer. My <laughs> juicer, Nutribullets, and I, that's, I have all of my... But, but bottom line is, I'm just thinking about the craft of each of those pieces. I just want them to be so beautiful in the simplest way. Not a lot, but just really great things and really good food. There's a very few people I know at 75 that are relevant. You know, you can name them. There's the Drexlers, there's Martha Stewart, there's you. And the reason why they all stay relevant, I know them very well, is they're completely into, they're humble, they're egotistical without question, but they're so curious and they just can't stop. I wish we had some food in front of us and we were having a glass I know, of wine. But I know, I wish. Thank you so much for sharing your afternoon with me. It's been Very, so delightful. It's so great to see you. I'm grateful for your time. Yeah, Thank take you so care. much. Big hug. Thanks very much for listening to Four Courses with Jeffrey Zakarian, a production of iHeartRadio and Corner Table Entertainment. Our executive producer is Christopher Hasiotis. Four Courses is produced by Jonathan Hawes Dressler. Our research is conducted by Jesslyn Shields. This episode was edited and mixed by Joe Tisdall. Our talent booking is by Pamela Bauer at Dogtown Talent. This episode was engineered by Margaret Zakarian and Jonathan Hawes Dressler. And special thanks to our entire team, Margaret Zakarian, Jarrett Keller, Tara Halper, and Molly Swanson, without whom this would not have come together. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. 
I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Nobody wants to outlive their money, but it happens, especially for women. That's why Gainbridge offers the Parity Flex annuity, designed for women's unique retirement needs, with flexible withdrawals plus a guaranteed lifetime income benefit that keeps paying you even if your account balance is zero. Gainbridge is helping build a better financial future for women. Retirement income you can't outlive is the ultimate flex. Start saving now at Gainbridge.io. Visit Gainbridge.io/ParityFlex for current rates, full product disclosures and disclaimers, and other important information. This message comes from Viking, committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, destination-focused dining, and cultural enrichment on board and on shore. And every Viking voyage is all-inclusive with no children and no casinos. Discover more at Viking.com.